Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo. here with you on a Thursday morning. Had to do had to do a little math in the head there. We're we're officially in the summer now, right? This is it. Oh yeah. You know, oh yeah. Nothing. Nothing. If anything happens now, it's breaking news. Yeah, that's that, where we are for the next. Well, really, two and a for half the next, weeks. Really, for the next month. I know Media Days comes up here in three weeks, but, but for you, that's just a day. That's a day. Yeah, that'd be more, and, that'd be more and, and for quite me. frankly, it's a day where we probably won't learn a ton. I say that here in the recent years, they've gotten back to the to the giving local media a little, access. A little, a little extra access, and, and so think, we might actually learn something. We did last year a little bit. Mullins last few years, we didn't do didn't that. Get that. So, yeah. so we basically it was pointless for me. I know, like for TV and for you know everybody else, they got some stuff. But for my purposes, Media Day wasn't much of anything. My, the on-campus Mississippi State Media Day was a ton better for my purposes. The other thing but, to remember is, and I think I brought this up before, is this will be our first time to talk to Joe since uh, Tommy Stevens and Isaiah Zuber have been made ad, yeah. have been added to the team. Yeah. So that's you know that's worth talking about, in my opinion. We we got I got questions. I agree. For so we'll find out some stuff there. All right, we got a good show today lined up for you. Before we get too deep into that, let's thank all of our great listeners out there. We appreciate you guys very, very much. We always, uh, you know, want to help you guys out if there's any way we can. So you know, if you need anything from us, you let us know. But what we need from you is for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us that five star rating. Darn right. If you can make that happen for us, we're always. And as always, you're welcome to get into the comments and just yeah. rip us rip a new us one. to shreds. But five stars. Five stars. All right, the five star is the important part. Then you afterward, and we'll read them. We'll read them. In fact, if you really rip us and it's funny, we'll read it on the air. <laughs> <laughs> that hey, that is the biggest piece of crap. And Coleman, that bumpkin, you know, that's, we'll be happy to read it. Contrary to popular belief, mm-hmm. I, I think on the Twitters, we enjoy uh, a, a good ribbing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you were ever in the press box with just us, it is name, a constant rib. Just test. put your name on it. That's all yeah. we're asking. Um, of course, also want to thank our great servicemen and women out there listening to us. We appreciate that. Your, your friend uh, over in, uh, in in Afghanistan, yeah, he did clear up his uh, his his detail. Correct? Would yes, you? Okay. yes, I was correct on that. Look at uh, you. So uh, I just think he may have been like reassigned or whatever. But some of the people in his company, Brad, if Brad's listening, hi, Brad, how you doing? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that they're you know definitely uh, medevac or whatever and things. I think Ryan got reassigned or whatever. But I was I was correct with my you know, saying what they do and that sort of deal. So there you go. I was happy that I didn't screw that up. You did a good job. All right. Also want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice from over there on Highway 12. Uh, you know, summer school's going on, summer summer classes, things of that nature. You need to be, uh, you know, stay, you know, summer classes are important. You got to stay sharp. How do you stay sharp? With caffeine. Yeah. All right? Love don't, some caffeine. Don't, don't buy into anything about good night's sleep and... Actually, just get some caffeine in your system. You'll be all right. I'm one of the few that probably, I mean, because I drink a diet dew usually at nighttime, not long before I go to bed. doesn't affect me any that I know of. I mean, I'm sure some doctor would probably somewhere tell me that I don't get as deep of sleep as I might should get. But, I mean, I can drink caffeine and go immediately to sleep. That doesn't really affect my sleep, I don't think. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm the same way. So. so I don't know if that's a good thing, bad thing, whatever. When they but. open, you know, Strange Brew Coleman area, oh. you know, that'll be... You just go get caffeine at all at all hours. I'm going to lose so much money if he ever opens up one on this side of town. I'm, I'm, we're going to try to make that happen for you. All I'm right. depressed though. You're depressed. Yeah, today? we're about to start with football again. No more baseball talk. It's just kind of sad. 
as soon as something baseball related pops up, we will talk about it. Yeah. They'll announce the oh, summer I, I league I, uh, I, uh, assignment soon. They will. And I just left. Uh, I was getting I'm getting back in my routine. You mm-hmm. know, getting my getting the workout flow going on. Yeah. And I, I was sitting there doing some stuff earlier, and uh, I heard this voice saying, "Hey, hey, look over, Cole Gordon." There you go. He was in the club up here in Starkville and uh, chatted with him for a second. He he was getting a good workout in. He's headed to uh, Brooklyn tomorrow, or mm-hmm. thir- as you listen today, mm-hmm. um, to to begin his professional career. Told me that he's he's hoping to room with Jake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, be best cool. of luck to those guys. It's, it's pretty I neat saw. because in, in the in the locker room and things the other day it was kind of sad. You know, it, you, you kind of shake hands or whatever. But it was neat to see Cole smiling again and just shake his hand again. I thank, thank him for the opportunity, you know, the last few years to cover him and how cool all those guys were and stuff. So, anyway, it was neat to see Cole one, one last time before he heads out. I thought of you today because I saw a picture of Mangum wearing a Mets hat. And I was just like, oh, man, I hope y'all didn't see this. I didn't see it. Yeah. Was it was on like, Twitter? I saw, yeah, I was on Facebook. Okay. And uh, it was, I thought it was just like, at first I was really odd. It was like a little like, why is he wearing a blue hat? What is that? And uh, I thought that was sort of interesting. I, I told Cole while I got it, I said, dang, you and Jake going to make me – not hate the Mets. Yeah. Like it's it, it is weird. Uh, you know, football is it's not as much. Even like when the Dolphins play Dak, I, you know, big Dak fan here. Yeah, but for what you know, I want the Dolphins to just oh, roll watch out whatever. now. Watch and, out, and, and, uh, in trouble. And, and I'll be the same in baseball when the Braves play the Mets. I want the Braves to win, but I do. It's so it's so easy to root for these guys. And I feel like we got to know we get to know the baseball guys it's a little, a little, a little yeah. better than the rest of them. So it's just so like Dakota Hudson to see him rolling with the Cardinals and things. I love that. Like yeah. it's 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 a lot of fun to see that. So anyway, it's best of luck to all these guys. And uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be a bittersweet for for uh, Jake and Cole if they come up and start rolling with the Mets. I'm going to love every bit of their success. And then I'm going to be banging my head against the the door if the Braves are like floundering in second or third place. I don't think so. you have anything to worry about with that right now. All right, we do have to switch gears though. It's time to talk football. It's, it's going to be a football summer. Uh, you know, we'll just talk about the other sports when stuff pops up related to them. And we are actually behind on one of our normal summer segments, the box score segment, where we take a look at each uh, game. And it's not just so much a preview as I want to look at you know what am I want to see statistically in those games. What are, what am I looking for numbers wise? So let's start off there. Let's start with the Lafayette game, and and you know obviously a uh, a really a new start for Mississippi State after Nick Fitzgerald. You know three years of him as the starting quarterback. I think it's going to be Tommy Stevens. I think most people would agree with that. Not everybody. Not everybody wants to agree with that. By the way, I have a question. Okay. Are there Oklahoma fans? Like I can't believe they're just anointing Jalen Hurts. Are they? Are there Oklahoma fans? Are there Ohio State fans going Justin Fields? I mean, he's going to have to win the job, right? Is that happening? <laughs> I highly doubt it. I don't know who Oklahoma's backup quarterback is, but I wonder if he has the same cult following that Keaton Thompson has. Percentage chance that Keaton Thompson is your starting quarterback? 20% or less. I would go way less. It's probably less than that. but I, Barring injury. You obviously. just don't ever really know, but it's low. It's a low Stevens is going to have to come in and either A, be hurt, or B, be completely incompetent, in which case... I don't did, think he would have been brought in to begin with. In the first place, so, exactly. so, so I think it's going to be Stevens uh, against the Lafayette team. You know, last year when they played up here, I, I was impressed with Napier as a play caller. I thought he did some things early in the game to keep his team in it. Uh, but obviously, MSU's defense just overwhelmed them uh, to a point. Um, and then offensively, State just rolled in that game. That was one of Fitzgerald's better passing games. So that's what leads me into this: that if if Stevens is the quarterback, and I think he's a better passer than Fitzgerald. This should be a, a little bit of a showcase game for him and an opportunity. You know, obviously the, the opponent's not great, 
but for MSU fans to get an idea of what's happening in the passing game and is it going to be better. So, honestly, for, for, I'm looking for 300 yards passing in this game. I really am. This should, when was the last time State had a 300-yard passing game? Do you remember? Did Fitzgerald ever have one? I don't remember Fitz ever having one. Didn't Dak have a Oh, Dak would have, yeah. Dak had a couple. Dak would have definitely had one. So it's Dak, so at least Probably. three seasons. I'm trying to, off the top of my head, last year he didn't have a 300-yard game. I'm thinking in 17. I don't even remember what his best passing game was in 17. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I expect 300 yards. From yeah. passing, not, not all, maybe not all from Stevens, because you know I think they'll play the other guys as well. I think this is the game where you might see four quarterbacks if 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 things go the right way. This may not be fair, but I don't know. Regardless of what state comes out and, and does in New Orleans against against them, I don't know how much you can take from that. Like, because you know, I mean, think back last year, state rolled in these games. No, they didn't have a three hundred yard passer, but offensively they were fine. You know, they they just put up points and just killed some of these non conference opponents. Yeah. And then they played, you know, competent defenses and, you know, the LSUs and Alabamas and whatever. And what was your number? You know, like 12 points in, in four games or something like that. Oh, the, the, against LSU and, yeah. and Bama. And, yeah. But, but anyway, I, I, I don't – I think I'm going to have to see it against a really good defense before well, I, that, I really that's, – That's fair and all, but at the same time, if you don't see it against this bad defense – That's true. That's – that you can take something from that. If State goes out there and – and that's sort of what happened. Uh, you can't. I don't. I don't want to say Stephen F. Austin because Fitzgerald didn't play. But when Fitzgerald wasn't accurate against Kansas State, that was a red flag for some people. There were other podcasts and hosts and people telling you that not to worry. But there was Joel Coleman and Brian Haydad saying that's a red flag, and it was. He he wasn't accurate, and so if 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 Stevens or Thompson or whoever is back there. If the end of this game, if their their stat line is fifteen of thirty two, even if it's for three hundred yards, that's a that's a, that's a huge red flag to me. I want not only do I want to see yardage, I want to, I want to see the Joe Moorhead offense work the way it's supposed to work, the way I saw it work at Penn State. I want big plays in the passing game, and then I want the running game. I want Kylan Hill to be effective. And a large part of that Joe Moorhead offense, his words, not ours, mm-hmm. came from last year at Media Day. He wants his quarterback to be around 60%. 65. 65%, that's right. 65% is what he told so, us. So, I, I mean, and, and anything less you know, than that's really, you know, I, I guess his offense isn't what he wants it to be. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I guess you're right. You, you, if you don't see Tommy Stevens, who I assume will be the star, or whoever, you know, completing passes, um, yeah, I, I guess you may not be able to – to leave that game thinking, oh, we're for sure moving the ball in LSU, but you may be able to leave that game and at least have an idea of whether or not the accuracy is improved. Exactly, exactly. If if State goes out there and does what they're supposed to do offensively, you at least feel good about them winning the games they're supposed to win. And then, of course, you know, if he goes out there and he's 17 of 20 for 316 yards and, and you know, Zuber catches a touchdown and Gidry catches a couple of deep balls and Mitchell is catching back. Then you can you might feel pretty good. You might have some 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 optimism. On the other side of that, with the running game, you know, Aris Williams was over 100 yards against Lafayette last year. I expect the same from Kylan Hill this year. This should be a 100 yard game. This should be a game where State's around 500 yards of offense. If they're not, that that's an issue. Yeah, that that's the that's the thing about these games. I don't know how many positives you can take, but I can sure take some negatives. Whether you like that or not, poor performance in these games. You 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 can take you can extrapolate that to the rest of the season. 
Big big performance, you really can't. But you can't. Kylan Hill should be over 100 yards on 15 or less carries in this game. Yeah. Is the big thing that you're looking for, though, quarterback play? Just just well, if you had to circle one thing that you're kind of zeroing not, not in just on. quarterback play, but how does the quarterback work within the offense? Because if, if Stevens carries the ball 20 times again, I'm, I'm like, what are we doing? What is happening out there? Why is this? Why can't? Something's not right. Something's something's not clicking here because he shouldn't carry the ball that much. Kylan Hill should be the leading carrier in this game. Or I take that back because I don't know how much people are going to play with the, with the way the game should go. But the running backs should be two to one on on the quarterbacks for carries. You know, if if State runs the ball thirty five times in this game, it should be twenty five ten something yeah. like that for running backs versus versus quarterbacks. Yeah. Um. So, but obviously, yeah, quarterback play is is everything at this point. Because you know what you've got with Kylan Hill, you know what you've got with, you know your receivers for the most part. You feel like Zuber is going to be good, and you sort of know what you have with Gidry, Mitchell, Thomas. That's your top four guys probably. But you need the quarterback to elevate those guys. We've kind of forgotten about Devontae Jason. Like he's kind of well, we I mean, don't even mention him. Well, until he does something, what are we going to talk about? That's true. You know, that's the guy. Ton of talent, I think. But you know, coming into last year, he was one of the guys that when we were doing these shows last summer. That, that we all thought was going to explode onto the scene and, you know, make a name for himself pretty early. And here we sit a year later and still waiting, you know. And the fact that he didn't redshirt last year, there's a red flag for me. Why would you not redshirt that guy? I mean, it doesn't make a lick of sense to me unless there's something that we're not aware of. I don't get that. And, and, I, and you know, I just don't get it. So, that said, Jason could step up this year and become a huge part of this team. Certainly has the talent to do it. I mean, how good is this team if Jason lives up to the hype and Gidry takes a big step forward and Zuber just is what he is? That's Now all of a sudden you've got an SEC receiving core. You've got guys that teams have to game plan for and worry about, and they can't just load the line, line of scrimmage up and load up the box. And if Stevens can get them the ball, you've got something working yeah. there. And this this is the kind of game where you have the opportunity. You know, you should be able to say, look, you know, you're going to get some snaps. We're going to throw you the ball. What can you do with it? So that's what's going to happen. On the other side of the ball, on the defense, what am I expecting to see there? So it's basically sort of similar to what I saw a season ago. Maybe not as dominant, but I don't expect Lafayette to put up more than 14 to 17 points. Anything over 20, and that, again, that's something to be concerned about. I remember last year, what was the most points they gave up in a game? 28 to Kentucky. They only gave up 20 points the whole, the whole season, twice. Don't expect them in game one to be giving up twenty points to a, a Sun Belt team. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see if they uh, if this group can again, because you know last year they didn't give up explosive plays. Yes, like any hardly. I, that, that's one of the big things that I want to see stick with this year's group. You know, not not that they're always going to be perfect. Not not that this, it's going to be anything like the Sweat Simmons, you know, Abram crew of a year ago. But I, I do want to see. And I think that they will be be very good at locking down, you know, explosive plays. When you got guys like Dantzler and Smitherman and and, and things, you know, in the, in the secondary, and you got you got Willie Gay and company, Errol Thompson, it, you just don't really expect that there's going to be a lot of, you know, big play potential there against those guys. And I think if they maintain that, that you know, again, this is going to be a really good defense. Still, I think that's. 
that's the one of the major keys to, to keeping this defense a top 20 unit in the country is, again, limiting explosive plays. And this will be our first opportunity to, to see if they can do that. So that, that'll be one thing that I'm kind of looking for, not just in this game, but just early in the season kind of deal. Can they maintain that ability to keep teams from, from hitting that home run ball against them? From an individual statistic standpoint, I'm looking to see who gets sacks. Looking to see who's Montez Sweat. Is it Chauncey Rivers? Is it Fletcher Adams? Kobe Jones? Marquise Spencer? Who is it? Who is it that's pressuring the quarterback? Because whoever does it in the first game is probably going to be the guy to watch the rest of the way. You know, and obviously some guys can step up here and there. Uh, I'm interested to see though, and I think Rivers is obviously probably option A to, to be that guy. But can State pressure the quarterback? Because part of the reason they didn't have a lot of big plays is they can they just constantly put pressure on the quarterback. Now, a big part of that was Jeff Simmons, and now that he's gone. It, I think it has to be more of a team effort. It has, you know, it's not going to be like, okay, Simmons is drawing so much attention that Sweat and the rest of these guys are just running free. Now it's going to have to be, we have to work together to get to the quarterback. And I think that's going to happen. Yeah. And I, I think that uh, what the biggest returning guy on this team is Bob Shoup. So yeah. I, I really think that, that he's going to find a way to create some havoc back there a little bit. You know, whether that's Brian Cole coming through, Bay Bay. Baby. Or, uh, you know, I just feel like that, that he's going to find a way to, to create pressure and, and, again, create a similar, maybe not as good, but a similar group to last year. I, I just really do believe that this group's going to be really good defensively. I think so. I, I don't see any reason for a huge drop-off. There's going to be a drop. They won't be back-to-back number one defenses. They just lost too much, and, and they just they don't have – this is an Alabama where they're just plugging in the next five-star guy. All right, they got they got to rebuild it up a little bit. But you know, there's still a ton of talent there. There's some young talent there that just needs to get better. Guys like Pickering and you know, although from the redshirt side, Jaden Cromedy and Fabian Lovett, those guys are going to be big players for MSU this year. You know, I think State's got a lot of of guys they feel confident in on that defensive line to rotate in and out. And this will be a game where you'll see all of them. You're going to see, you know, probably on the defensive line. I mean, off the top of my head, Autry, Jones, Jones, Rivers, Spencer, Adams. Crummity, love it, Pickering. Uh, I'm leaving people out too. I know that I am, um, but all those guys are going to play, and then maybe a few more. I don't know if like Demonte Russell or King Ani. I'm, I'm four years. I will never pronounce his last name. I bet you. Um, I, mean, I don't know if those guys are going to play as well, but they could. And so, you know, you, you, this this is going to be. And like I, I think we mentioned it yesterday. There's one thing I like about this season. The 2014 season, not that I think this season is going to be like 2014, but it played out sort of the same way in that you had, remember that season you started off with USM, UAB, and South South Alabama. So it was almost like a preseason a little bit. Now, this year's a little bit different because Southern's much better than they were in 2014. They were still really bad then. And uh, Kansas State's obviously going to be better than UAB or, or anybody else, but it's sort of similar in that, you know, especially with the new redshirt rule, you're going to see a lot of these young guys, and those that do well are going to have opportunities to play. And so, you know, this this for a team like Mississippi State that really needs to get its feet underneath it early in the season, that this is this is a big thing. It's sort of it was sort of the same way last year, you know, with, with the three non-conference games. The problem was once you got to that fourth game, it just it it came to a full stop. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be the case this year. That fourth game is at home too. It's against the same team against Kentucky, and they've lost a ton. So you have a chance to keep that momentum going. But these young guys are going to play a lot, and you know, especially on the defensive line, that's going to be key for Mississippi State not only this year but for years to come. Amen. I didn't realize the. Uh, I didn't realize I was preaching there. Was I preaching? 
<laughs> Will the circle. Uh, so, yeah, that's how, you know, that, this game, if I had to put some stat numbers on it, I want State over 40 points, over 500 yards. I want State under, I want the Lafayette under 20 points, under 300 yards. Uh, I want, I, I want to be close to that 60% passing. I want to be, I want to see Kylan Hill over 100 yards rushing. I figure that. The, the yardage of passing, as much as I'd like to see 300, I would rather see State be 15 for 18 for 216 yards or something like that than be 15 for twenty for 28 yeah. for 301 yards. I would really rather see it that way. Yeah. This, because I think long-term, that's be, you're better off that way. This has like 45 to 17 or 52 to 17 or something like that written all over it. Like, it should. You know, and that that last seven for Lafayette just is a, like a garbage touchdown at the end kind of thing. It's yeah, like forty five so, or fifty two to ten. Well, some yeah, some touchdown when like it's all freshmen out there yeah. on, on on offense and just trying to get that going. Yeah, that seems about right to me. All right, on th- continuing off of that, uh, yesterday, uh, I think Barrett Salier tweeted it. I, I, it was from FanDuel, who was, of course is a fantasy uh, you know sports website. And they have gambling now. And uh, they they released some over unders for all the teams and you know, for win for win loss, and I thought states was high. I'm yeah. not, I want me eight and a half. Yeah, because even if I'm for me eight is really sort of the eight right now. If you just go down the schedule and say who is state likely to be favored against, eight's the number. They're going to be favored in their non conference games. They're going to be favored in the Egg Bowl. They're going to be favored against Arkansas. They're likely favored against Kentucky. And then they're likely a small favorite against Tennessee. So just from a gambling standpoint, they're probably at eight and fourteen. So eight and five says states beating A and M, Auburn, LSU, or Alabama. In 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 that's 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 what you're saying. And that right now, now maybe y'all, maybe these guys are like me and they just don't see a whole ton in Auburn. Maybe they don't like you know they're like well states won four of the last five against A and M. No reason to think that trend might not continue. Maybe they just look at LSU and they go, God, if they had done anything offensively, they'd have won that game. But eight and, eight and a half is high. So we're going to do some of our own over-unders here. And we'll start with that one for you, Joel. Do you agree that that, that, that number is probably a little high? Yeah. There, there's Everything for Mississippi State would have to go exactly right to go nine and three. I mean, I, I just don't see it. And maybe we're sitting here in, in six months and talking about what a job Joe Moorhead and company and John Cohen really knocked that hire out of the park and Joe pulled all the right buttons getting Stevens and Zuber and those guys in and, and State's 9-3. and three and I mean, because, shoot, if you're 9-3, and three, you're probably in an access bowl, right? Or probably. close to it. Um, yeah, I, maybe we're sitting here doing that, but if you told me to pick a win total today, I'd probably say an 8. Yeah. And, and I don't think I can go over eight. I think that, and I think seven is more likely than nine by a large, large margin. Yeah. I think it's more, much more likely they go up to Tennessee and struggle than they go to Auburn, to A&M, or beat LSU, and or beat Alabama, obviously, yeah. at home. That just seems like more likely to me. Yeah. But, and I mean, but eight really is my sweet spot right now. And I can't believe it. I'll be honest with you. If we, could have, if we were talking to Brian right after the Outback Bowl, I would have said six. I might have said five. The addition of Stevens and Zuber have sort of sold me on that Moorhead might be able to get this get this car running this year. If it doesn't, though, I've said a million, I've said it a few times now we're gonna have some issues. What's but. more likely for you, seven and five or nine and three? Seven and five. Seven and five. Yeah, 
Far more likely. Yeah, I agree with that. So, but again, but I think nine and three is on the table. It's on the table again because I'm not sold on Auburn, and State has dominated A and M historically over the last. I mean, as, since Manziel has left, State's four and one. Yeah, you know, and the one loss was you know Dak in a game where State had like three or four turnovers. It's, it wasn't a great game. So yeah, it's very 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 possible that MSU is it could, could get to nine. But but I think eight and a half. I think you and I would both take an under. I don't want to give a specific quarterback here. I just want to talk about passing yards. If I say state averages two twenty five a game, what, what's the over under on that? What, what are, you, are you taking over or under? That would put state at right about twenty five hundred yards passing for the season. Not 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 tearing it up there. That's not no. air raiding it. You know, that's just. I mean, I think they need to get to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not. Do I have confidence that they will? I really don't have confidence that they will. I'm going to say they will because I think there'll be a concerted effort to try and and improve the passing game. Like I really think that's going to be a, a point of emphasis all year long. So I think they'll get there. But man, not sold on it. <laughs> I, I, I hate to kind of leave it hanging and not give a definitive, but I, I do think that if you made me guess, yes, I think they get there. But I think it. Maybe with some points of struggle. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but, yes, I think they'll get there if just barely. Okay. Uh, think so? And I, I'm, I'm with you on the idea that they need to. I'm on the, with you on the idea that if they don't, you got, you're going to have some issues for sure because, like I said, that's not a big number. 225 a game is – I mean, 2,500 yards passing is not big. You know, so, yeah – I bet if we asked Joe Moorhead, he would tell you he'd probably want to be about five, six hundred yards ahead of that. He'd probably be closer to twenty-seven, twenty-eight hundred. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, for that, be closer to three thousand. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think two twenty-five is you're you're right at the ceiling of what's available. I think. I think. Kylan Hill over a thousand yards rushing. Yes. Over. Yes, I think so. And, and I mean. If you can take those guys at their word, Kylan and, and Nick Gibson too, both saying that they are going to carry the ball more this year than than last year. Um, I mean, we'll see if that's the case. But if they get, if they do, then yes, I, I think that. I mean, because that shoot, Kylan can can be close to a hundred yards a game given the opportunity, you know. And that, I mean, yeah, that puts him over over a thousand easy. I'll say this again. We're sort of playing the the what if game. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to be real angry. I'm going to have some questions. At that point, yeah, it should be. I mean, here's the thing: you play 12 games, so we're not even talking about 100 yards a game. This is, that's 85 yards a game. What do you have? What do you end up with last year? Just just under 700. But I mean, he missed what two full games. Yeah. And of course, we won't go too deep into how limited he was in carries last year. But that's it, what I was going to say. I mean, he was. When you consider he missed some some action and, and his carries were down kind of deal, and he still got, you know, kind of close, all things considered, uh, then, yeah, I have to think, assuming he stays healthy, he's going to crack 1,000 yards. Just real quick, let me do some math here. Ooh, math. I know, right? He averaged 6.5 yards a carry last year. So that's 153 carries. If he had 153 carries, he would be at 1,000 yards. Uh that's 13 carries a game. I feel confident that he can get that this year. Yeah. I mean, in reality, I think he's going to be closer to 20 carries a game. And if he's at six yards a carry there, now we're talking about 12, 1,300 yards a game. So, yeah. Or a season. Again, I don't want to put a name to it, 
but let's just do this. State's leading receiver, 500 yards and over. 500 yards, over 500 yards. So hard to to just count on this to happen when when it's a couple years now, really, since you've seen it. But but I, yeah, because again, I think there's going to be a concerted effort to try and and hit these big plays and, and try and get the passing game going. So yeah, I think somebody does, whether that's Zuber or whether that's Osiris Mitchell or whether that's you know Gidry. I'm going to say yeah. I'm not real confident in it, but I if you made me, you know, commit one way or the other, I'll say yes. Maybe just barely, but yes. Uh, I feel like it's more more likely that like three guys would be between three hundred and and four fifty than one guy at five hundred. Especially you know, until I see more big plays. I mean, we're talking about doing this at like twelve yards a catch. That's a lot. You know, that's a lot of catches to get there. So I'm going to say no. But my that's one that could easily swing the other way for me. Could, after I see the first couple of games, I might, you know, well, heck, after the first couple of games, if Stevens is any good, you might have a guy sitting at like 250 already. Yeah. So, and that's, that's the thing that, to remember 500 yards. It's not again, much. It's not, it's not a whole lot. You're talking about averaging 50, basically 47 yards a game, something like that, 48 yards a game. I mean, that's pretty sad that you can't get that. I mean, they weren't even close to it last year. So, We'll see if it happens this year. I think I think it'll be close though. I I, I feel like they're going to move the ball around enough that I don't know that one guy will get over five hundred. If, if if they do, that's going to be a really good sign. Yeah. One more individual one. Cam Dantzler, who I took some issue or not. I didn't take issue with him, but uh, Matt Hinton, who's a guy I like for college football analysis, uh, did release his top one hundred players. I don't have a problem with Cam Dantzler not being in the top hundred. That's fine. I do have a problem with eleven cornerbacks being ahead of him. Yes. That doesn't work for me at all. There's no way on God's green earth that you'll convince me there are 11 college football cornerbacks better than Cam Dantzler. Terrell Buckley wouldn't put anyone in front of him. Well, Buckley would probably say that he's probably the second best cornerback in college football because Terrell Buckley is probably still the best. He probably, <laughs> probably still get out there and hand, and handle those guys, no questions asked. I wonder how he. I bet he could still he could break up. He wouldn't be an easy target. I'm just telling you. Even yeah. at his age, he would not be an easy. And target. And he would talk so much crap. It'd be hilarious. Oh, it'd be great. Yeah, it'd be hilarious. I can't. Oh, yeah, I, I would like to see him mic'd up. Um, three and a half picks for Cam Dancer. I got a lot of faith in Cam, and I want to go over. Okay, I'm going to go over. The only issue I have with that is, is people are going to avoid. People are going to avoid him. You know, I could see Smitherman with over three and a half because yeah. everybody's throwing away from from Cam. But I do think you know eventually. He's going to play the best receiver, right? And people are going to take shots at him. He's going to have an opportunity to get some picks here and there. Three and a half. I mean, we're talking about four. Again, so that's one every three games. One every, yeah, one every three. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see that happening. I see that happening. I still don't. I still can't believe it's eight and a half. It's just, that's surprising. Seven and a half, I mean, like, okay, you're making me think. Eight and a half, I'm, I would run to the casino to bet under state. Because even at eight, eight and four, I think, is a good season. A very good season. And we talked about this before the show. If State somehow does win nine, then then you're starting to think, okay, maybe Cohen has struck gold again. Yeah. And last year was just, you know, it really was he didn't have the right pieces in place. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. All right. Friday's show, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows at this point? We'll have to talk about what we talk about. But we will talk about something, I promise you that. Guys, have a great Thursday, and we'll be back with you on uh, Friday morning for Joel T. Coleman. Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi.
I'm a strength. Ain't nobody man enough to feel the pain. And you can be next. You better give respect. Cause ain't nobody breaking this redneck. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.